Welcome to the One Small Change podcast with me, Dr. Simon Chard. I'm a cosmetic dentist, public speaker and startup entrepreneur, but most importantly, I'm a lifelong disciple of self-improvement and optimization. In this podcast, we present conversations with world-class industry leaders, sharing their expertise in high performance, spirituality, business and health. It's my job to dissect their key behaviours, routines and mindsets so that you can implement them today to create balance and success in your life. Today's episode is brought to you by Enlightened Tooth Whitening. As a cosmetic dentist, I've used Enlightened to provide tooth whitening results for my patients since I qualified. And the reason that I always come back to Enlightened is they guarantee that B1 result that means my patients are always happy with the outcome. So if you're a dentist, I'd thoroughly recommend reaching out to Enlighten to do one of their free online training courses. And if you're a patient, have a chat with your dentist today about Enlighten Tooth Whitening or even look out for one of their regional centres of excellence. Let's get on with the show. Hi, guys. Welcome to episode nine of the One Small Change podcast. On today's show, we have Mr. Will Googe. Will is a good friend of mine and a really, really interesting chap. And I'm so excited for you guys to, to hear this conversation. I'm sure it's going to be a wide ranging and really, really uh, exciting chat. Will, for those of you that don't know him, started his career as a professional rugby player before being signed as an international male model. He's modeled for Men's Health, for Derek Rose, for Adidas, just to name a few. Um, but unfortunately, a big part of Will's story was that he had a tragic family loss at the tender age of 23, which actually led him to becoming an ultramarathon runner and somewhat, in my opinion, of a bit of a, a philanthropist. He's, he's raised tens of thousands of pounds for various charities through incredible feats of long distance running. And I'm really excited to talk about those today. Um, just to name a few, in 2019, Will ran 850 miles from uh, Land's End to John O'Groats. Last year, he ran 12 marathons in 12 days, which is just insane. Uh, in the run-up to Christmas. I think he called it the 12 Marathons of Christmas. Um, and um, he uh, has also recently become uh, head of running relations for uh, the CBD brand, Pure Sport CBD. Uh, CBD, a really, really interesting topic, so I'm sure we'll get into that as well. So, Will, well, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, you missed one thing off, though, Dr. Simon. Far away. I have fantastic teeth. <laughs> and they are yourself. <laughs> yes, yeah, I did have I did have a hand to play in that one. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely add that to my intro. And I'm gonna continue that to every intro if I ever do a podcast again. <laughs> and has fantastic teeth. He does have fantastic teeth, yeah. I, I agree <laughs> with that. So mate, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um I always like to start the show by by going back to the beginning. Let let's talk a bit about we started off that intro with uh rugby. And, and then moving into modelling, which is not a classic, um, a classic move. No. Can you tell us a bit about how that came about, how you ended up getting into modelling, everything about that journey? Yeah, the funny, the funny thing was, was my first jobs came through rugby. So it was that initial transition was, um, was I think I got messaged on Instagram from Canterbury's account. So it was the initial, my first modelling gig ever was to do a rugby shoot, which makes total sense because I'm a rugby player. Um, and then from there, cause I, cause I picked up a couple of shoots from that, just like test shoots of photographers that were interested. Um, I had friends that also played rugby. So there was, there was actually three of us signed for the same agency that played in the same team. Two of my closest 
friends. They're both called Elliot. One has one T, one has two T's. So that's how I differentiate them. But both, <laughs> both great guys. And we we all got, they were signed before me to, it was W, which was like a, a real sports modeling agency. So we were all signed and then kind of went from there. Um, yeah. While I was still playing rugby, I ended up getting signed in um, New York and LA as well. So it was a, it was a real weird change. Not that I was kind of, it wasn't ever like my bread and butter. It was never like seven times a week uh, or five days a week, whatever. But yeah, it was interesting that on Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever, I'll be training and then I might have a game on Saturday, roughing it around with the, with the lads, having some beers afterwards and then might be at fashion week, like uh, the day after. Yeah. Like it, was, it was insane, but I like, I really liked all of that put together. It was cool. And is it, is it something that you're passionate about? Are you, are you, are you, I know you love your trainers. Are you, are you passionate about fashion in general? Is it one of your, your key I, things yeah, in life? I do. I do really love fashion. Um, I wish, I mean, I wish I had some more dinero to spend on it, to be honest, but <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's something I've always liked. I've always liked to dress well. I've always been interested in, in clothing brands, designers, whatever. So it's, it was cool to kind of occupy that world with something I was always interested in, um, and kind of be working in it. So, yeah. It was great. Awesome. And what 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 have the what have some of your personal highlights been of your modeling career so far? I think any of those time like the the most memorable was the first time I went to New York and you're getting I didn't work for these brands but you're getting sent out to see like head of GQ or Ralph Lauren and you're going you're going like fifty floors up and meet meeting brands you you grew up as a kid like looking at on magazines and being like. What, but like, what am I doing here? I've got imposter syndrome. I still kind of have that. I don't, I don't feel like, I, I guess I don't, I don't think of myself as a model. Like, I don't know if that's pigeonholing myself, but it's just something else I do, which at times I love. Sometimes it's like a bit whatever, to be honest. Um, but I've got a lot of gratitude for the industry and what it's given me and sort of the platform that has come of it has then helped as you alluded to kind of like my charity work and stuff so i've got a, i give i give a lot give a lot of love to that industry for sort of as i said the platform it might have it's definitely helped build put it that way yeah yeah absolutely well yeah let, let's talk about that then so i mean as i alluded to in the intro um very very sadly i think it was 2018 you lost your mum um to cancer really young 53 no age to go at all um can you talk a bit to that about i mean you were a, you you were a really young guy at that at that time you still are um how you how you got through that mentally how you sort of processed that if it, if it was something i mean you seem to me to be an incredibly balanced guy and like always really happy and loads of energy um but i'd love to hear about like how how you were at that time how you got through it all and, and how it shaped you moving forward it's kind of funny you say that as well because like being at the funeral, I gave a speech and kind of got through the whole thing. Definitely did. That was a, proud, a very proud moment for me. Um, there's not many things I like think uh, that that warrant my own sort of pride towards myself. But that's one thing I, I hold true to my heart. I got through that. I only kind of teared up a bit at the end. But as you said, there was I had a lot of friends and people close to me who were like, you're dealing with it like really well like I was still kind of happy, still my same personality and obviously, but at the same time inside I'm being eaten up and you're kind of, you're putting on a mask, things still suck, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose who I was and be obviously outward, 
outwardly sad. Like there was times I'd have conversations with close friends about it. Sure, and I could, I might break down from time to time still, but yeah, I wouldn't. Nothing, and on for her as well. I like I'd never, I never want to be weak. Like because she was my mum, and I respected her so much, and I've taken a huge amount of strength from the struggle she went through. Like I'm. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to make her proud of me still. That's what I think. And through these challenges I've done, I feel like the ultimate connection, the whole thing of you being like half your mum and half your dad or whatever. Like I feel that, especially at those times when I'm at my most depleted. But in terms of dealing with it at the time, that's when I found running. Running became like my therapy. So at times I was sad or upset, uh, just I'd I'd take off it wouldn't matter what time usually it was late at night I'd just get my trainers on it might be raining it might be cold and I'd just go and it was never that yeah I do I do enjoy your head torch your head torch running (laughs) sessions on Instagram stories (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I still do because I still live in the same town like I still do those routes and every now and again if I haven't ran like that original route of mine I'll go and do it again and it's like especially if I'm off the back of being away for a while or kind of haven't maybe ran that much around where I live it's like it's a real like a connection again to my roots and how I started so yeah so let's so let's go back to like I think the first the first marathon you did if I'm right was it was a route of your was it of your mum's favorite places or was it is that was that correct it started off at, at the family house and then I ran to Bedford Hospital so she was a she was a nurse in her time some of it was spent at Bedford Hospital that's also where the Primrose unit is at Macmillan cancer support ran unit um, that did most of her care. So that obviously ties into a lot of it. And then I went to, so Bedford Hospital, there's South Wing and North Wing. She was born in the North Wing, so I ran there. And then to the first pub that her mum and dad lived in when she was born, uh, the Swan at Bromham ran all the, ran there. And then like to her first house after that, and then made my way back to Amsel, the hometown, and went to all the houses we lived in growing up. And kind of serendipitously, it worked out as a marathon. So that's another kind of semi-strange thing. And I mean, I like, I like those little connections that might be like chance, but that's quite a lot of chance. So yeah, it, it makes me feel like the, the path I'm going on and what I'm doing is, is right. And I'm getting a lot back from it. And hopefully, like I get a lot of people reaching out at points, which is the most humbling thing saying, if it's like saying if something I've done has helped them is like in, insane to me but that's why it's not it's not the whole reason why I carry on doing what I'm doing but it's a big part of it yeah absolutely so you started off with that with that single marathon mm. but you, you've really ramped it up quite significantly over the last couple of years um yeah. obviously you did as I mentioned before you did this um it was land was it Land's End to John O'Groats I went John O'Groats to the- Land's End other way John around John O'Groats to Land's End sorry same talk us through talk us through how that was i mean how long did it take you 850 miles seems like a hell of a long way i mean talk us through that whole that whole project because that was your first really big one right yeah for sure so i did the christmas marathon and it's not like i thought about doing that and then being like oh then i'm gonna go and do this it was more like it was the first christmas when my mum was my mum wasn't there and christmas is all like well, in the like our family anyway, she cooked the she cooked the dinner, she wrapped the presents, she decorated the tree. Like Mandy Gooch was Christmas, right? <laughs> so half of me was like, "Fuck, I'm not looking forward to Christmas too. I don't I don't want it to happen because there's so many constant reminders, right?" And then the other half of me was like, 
well, you've been running a bit recently, so why don't you tr- why don't you shoot for your first marathon and do it for charity, and hopefully you can. That's like my present to her. That's like my Christmas present. There you go, there you go, Mum. You're not here, but I can do this on your behalf. And I think ended up raising like fourteen thousand pounds or something, which was so far out of what I assumed would happen. And yeah, it was it was so crazy. And then when I was finished, it was like instantly, I was like, what can I do that's more? It's not like I expected to continue to raise sums of money like that. But yeah, instantly afterwards, I was like, I need to do something bigger and better than this. And I was at the time, it's not like I really knew what ultra running was, right? But because most people, I think most people assume as I did, it's like the marathon is as far as you go. And that's crazy, right? Yeah. But there's actually a lot of people out there going further. <laughs> and so, and so, I mean, how long, how long did the 850 miles take you? Was it a big project? I mean, it must have been organizationally quite, quite substantial, I imagine. I'm Mr. Wing It, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I owe a lot to two particular people, not just like family friends and like my dad and my brother, but uh, two guys, one guy, Robbie Belenga. Uh, he's from the US and another guy Josh Warner they came on quite late in the day and became my support crew that were there the whole time so the the mileage took uh, it took me 16 days to do it so it was an average of 55 a day quite aggressive and I'd only wow. ran so I'd ran my marathon eight months prior yeah and then in the time between I'd run I think it was two more marathons I've only run one official marathon by the way still which is in LA and I, d- I made up another one and I did two ultras. So never after those distances did I then run the next day. I was totally yeah. toast. So it was like so unknown. I'd, the first day I did, I think I did 63 miles. And then it's like go to bed and it's like the next day is like shit's getting real. You Like you haven't done this before. You've done 63 <laughs> miles before once, but oh welcome, welcome to day two. <laughs> <laughs> So in terms of like organizing it, um, this is like my favorite story that I know, that I know of and it's, what, and it's mine about social media and how it can be like a real source of good. Um, another time I was in, in LA, um, I went to this cryotherapy place. I love all this like recovery tech or what, what's new, like I'm into yeah. it. We'll come on to um, that later for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. I'll talk about it all day. Um, I was there and the guy there was like, oh, you should follow this guy, Robbie. He's running across America because he knew what I was doing. I was like, yes, I absolutely should. Like, that's insane. That's way further than what I'm about to do. But sure, I'll tune in. So I followed him from day seven to day 45 when he finished. And uh, yeah, watched him like a hawk. And I was so invested. Like, I'm not that impressed meeting like famous people. I just take them for who they are. I don't, it's not, I'm not, I don't care. doesn't, isn't like a, a negative. It's just like, I take it for who you are. It doesn't faze you. I'm not that impressed unless you've done something crazy. So Robbie, to me, is like probably a 12-year-old girl seeing Justin Bieber when he had the, when he had the, whatever, the bulk. For <laughs> <laughs> me, I was like, shh, this guy's insane because I was so invested into what he was doing. Messaged him like a week after he finished, said, can you jump on a call? I it kind of explained my story and what I was doing. He was like, yep, yeah, totally fine. Had a call, went really well. And because I was going to LA, so my ex-girlfriend lived there, that's why I was going back and forth so much, by the way. Um, I was like, on the off chance, I was like, you're in Denver, like, would you be up for if I flew over just to do like a a training run and we can hang out, I'll buy you dinner or whatever. He was like, yeah, sure, come. 
So went to, went to meet him. He picked me up straight from the airport. I got off of two flights, so I flew to LA. And then I think it was like 9 p.m., went back to the apartment, and then I was back at LAX at 4 a.m. So I basically hadn't slept, really dehydrated. Didn't, I don't really like air, airplane food, so I wasn't eating a lot. Get to Denver. <laughs> he drives us straight to Boulder, which is at altitude, by the way. Really beautiful part of the world, Boulder, yeah. Boulder Colorado, insane. And he takes me on a 10-mile trail run from 5,000 feet to 6,000 feet. And I'm there like, <laughs> I, was, I nearly passed out a lot of times. I didn't even have a water bottle with me. So this is Wing It Will at his Classic. best. At his best. I'm like, what am I doing here? Running with this guy. And then he, we got on real well, went for dinner, and then went back to his place. And he showed me his Excel sp- spreadsheets. He had a spreadsheet for a spreadsheet. Like his, um, his fiance's mum is like super detailed they had calories of each serving of every product he'd have it was jokes and i was there like i have none i have absolutely none i don't have a spreadsheet yeah (laughs) i have a map i have a google map that i made that's it (laughs) that evening he was like uh yeah um i think i'm gonna come help you do yours and i was like pardon you're gonna what do you mean he was like yeah yeah i'm gonna come help you do yours I just need to ask my fiance because I've recently been running quite a lot. <laughs> okay, kind of like that's a that's like a bold thing to say out loud. But his reasoning for it was he just had someone. So a guy helped him run across, like as his runner, a guy called Elliot, who kind of strangely, again, like serendipitously, he's he's a guy from Essex, an English guy. So an English guy really? helped him go across America, and he was like. Hey, I'm I'm paying like, it back. I'm like, yeah, like, I'm indebted here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it back. So, so yeah, he flew over and helped me for the whole time. And then Josh, like a real close family friend, he does like events managing and marketing. He called me, I think it was three weeks before, and he listed off like a bunch of questions like, "Have you done this?" It's like, "Nah, have you done this?" "Nah, have you done this?" "Nah," and that went on. And I was like, oh. and he goes, <laughs> like, like big deep breath. He's like. All right, I'll come help you too. <laughs> then I just had like the supreme team. I was yeah, it was great. A, a running, was, a running coach and a and an administrative yeah. guy. And they seriously put in they put mileage in themselves, and they were always up before me and went to bed after me. So if you think it's just like the athlete in this thing or the person doing the challenge, you like you're like you're wrong. Like I'm doing ultra running, they're doing ultra assisting and like clocking. They some of them like Robbie would do like an ultra marathon one day and then again the next day, like he wasn't yeah. doing all the miles with me. But some days he'd do fifty miles. Next day he might do twenty six. Then he'll do thirty, and he's up up before me and after me and like doing everything other than wiping my ass. Basically, is what <laughs> my team was there to do. <laughs> yeah, so amazing. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, let let's talk a bit about the mindset behind it. Like, obviously, you've mentioned your your driving force being being that connection with your mum and everything but you must get to times I mean you must get to times where you lose that mindset or is it, is it just not something that's within your remit are you just so driven that it's always there half of it was like when you say you're going to do this kind of thing especially when you haven't when wing it will says it and hasn't trained and has done nothing close to what a challenge is I never doubted that I'd finish like I wanted to do it in 14 days originally that was a long shot and I'm like stoked I did it in 16 like so that's cool but I never firstly I never doubted that I was going to finish 
like I'd set, I said I was going to do it. And the only way I was going to finish was by getting to Land's End. There was no two ways about it. And the other thing, which is like more of a driving force was like, you may think seeing what I did showed strength or you might think I'm inspiring or whatever. But to me, seeing my mum go through cancer and knowing what that entails, and even in a small way, like I never went to her chemotherapy. I didn't even know until, I don't know, after she passed away that, that chemotherapy isn't radiotherapy. Like I assumed you just went in the machine and not that you hooked up to something. Like that's how naive I was. But the way she handled herself through the whole thing, she had cancer twice before the first time we didn't know. Well, we weren't told because we were young. So knowing the strength of her and like what you'd call normal people, everyday people going through a disease like that and the strength they show every, like every day to get through it and just be normal and even be happy and cheery and still be a mum or a dad or a brother or a sister or whatever. Like that's true strength. And me running 55 miles a day doesn't touch, doesn't touch that. So if it's getting tough, I, I just, there's like an insignificance I hold towards my physical output. Like sure, I'm putting a lot in and I'm trying really hard, but yeah, I, th I think it pales in comparison to those not just fighting cancer, but just going through harder times than what I am. I still think I'm really lucky. Like I am so lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, re I resonate with that 100% makes my, I don't know if we ever spoke about this before, but my sister had uh, bone cancer when she was seven and had to go through 23 operations up until she was sort of 20 odd. Thankfully, she's she survived and uh, she um, she's fit and well now. She's got a little boy and she's uh, she's doing really well. But um, yeah, she was six months in hospital, chemo, radio, surgery, metal prosthesis, all the full works. So um, yeah, I fully fully resonate with that um, that strength that uh, that people go through, and, and it's so common. I mean, one in two, one in three people now um, suffering with cancer. So um, it's something that more and more of us are having to face and many of them are completely, completely unpredictable genetic issues, right? That's crazy. So and yeah, I definitely resonate with that. Too, that's, it's so good hearing people getting through it and that, that many years of going through what she went through is like you wouldn't wish it upon anyone, would you? So No, but incredible, as you say, incredible strength. Yeah, it perplexes my mind and that's kind of why I won't I won't stop doing what I'm doing or trying to raise the bus. Yeah. Uh, well, you're you're taking the you're taking the perspective from that dif those difficulties to the absolute max, I think. <laughs> but I mean um let's um let's talk a bit practically about I mean I I I love I love to go running. I normally do sort of 5 to 10k after about that distance my knees start hurting. I'm I'm wiped. I'm done. Um, have you got any practical tips for for the listeners on on classic mistakes that you see from runners, which which lead to things like knee pain or whatever, um, or anything that you can sort of advise on on how to get to those sort of distances? Maybe maybe not maybe not 850 miles, but maybe like a marathon or even a half yeah, marathon. Not more normal things. Totally. Yeah, normal yeah, people so stuff. I think. <laughs> I think like just generally like the 10% rule across like fitness is, is a good one. So if, if one week you're going out and doing 10K total in the week, don't expect next week to go and do 20 unless you come from an athletic background. Like 
the 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 gradual the gradual increases are going to be hugely beneficial and that can even be like these the programs where you get where it's like a couch to 5k or run your first half marathon these programs are really good i didn't do any of these because i'm an idiot so don't don't list like do as i say not as i do right <laughs> yeah. but and also i came from an athletic background so i was used to doing this kind of thing but there are really good programs out there to follow that that are right and the reason they're out there so like runner's world is a great one the reason they're out there is because they work and you may look at it and be like some of it's walking but to get to to get to a point where you're going to be running the whole time you might have to do some run walks so i think the expect like expect a lot of yourself but not so not so quickly and the cool thing about running is your returns like you build and get quicker very quickly and there's even there's even things with me now like my running training has never been specific before but now that I'm doing some more specific stuff like I'm improving again and it's like I've only, I've been doing it what four years but there's still so much room for improvement so don't get disheartened that you can't do the most at the start just go through the process and when you eventually do those distances then you just the the, th the thing about races and like doing your first marathon the thing you're going to be proud of most i don't think personally to me is doing the marathon i think it's all the shit you did before that you didn't want to do so build up slow and steady have a goal and if if things are hurting initially i think you should tr try and break through them but if it's obviously something that's reoccurring then you need to see someone professional and not listen to someone like me <laughs> yeah yeah will is will is not a doctor i just like to say that <laughs> yes. but i do have but it, yeah the knee the knee pain thing is interesting because um i had a, I had this discussion with a, a friend who's a, a keen runner the other day and I, i've always assumed that running because of the load that it puts through your joints will just mm it'll naturally it's not i don't I, I my understanding and i don't know where i've got this from is it's like smoking for your knees i don't know where <laughs> i heard that I, I don't know where i heard that but it's I stuck like in that. my head is is that is that a real thing as far as you're concerned or is it just bad technique and, and bad form I, I think yeah i think every i think everyone's different but everyone can find like as as a species we are designed to run we always have like there will be there'll be certain conditions that you may have that stop you from going a certain certain distance or even running at all but if you're just finding you're getting pain along the way there is there's like you can have gait analysis done like there's you can go to a professional that can look at a video of you running and you can be like you could almost test them and be like what do you think hurts for me and they they'll probably be able to figure it out by looking at your running technique really there's certain trainers that are better for better for people than others so every, everyone's, everyone's slightly different, but there's things you can implement, even just like stretching. Like you don't think you have to be stretched off or loose to run or even warmed up. Some people think like just running is warming up. But if, you, if you're suffering, then dial it back and see all those little things you can incorporate beforehand, like a little stretch or, or yeah, just doing a warm up, even if it's just getting the heart rate going first, especially if you're going out in the cold like it is now. Like that's a shock. That's a shock to the body, and expecting just to toot along down the road at speed and not have any problems, um, yeah, is some somewhat wishful thinking. Some some people are lucky you can do it, but others you need to you need to focus on more things around running. 
Yeah, well, I've spe- I've spoken at length on this podcast about my uh, my lack of stretching and my lack of um, flexibility. So I think that's definitely a, a recurring theme that I need to work on. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's always one of those things. You hear it, you know, you need to do it, but you just can't. You just don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, cool. Let's uh, again just to try and add as much value for the listeners as possible. Are there any purchases that you've made? recently um around running or fitness that that have sort of um have gone above and beyond your expectations i guess i mean there's so much tech around uh, running now and and um the data and everything and i'm i'm a, I'm a little skeptical of, of some of these things and the accuracy around them do you mm. use things like heart rate monitors and that sort of stuff do you find them valuable anything that I you think's been really good i use heart rate monitors yes i've never done sessions that are heart rate um sort of specific but I know how useful they can be it's just it's just as I said like I've never been that specific with my training so all, like me taking up a session where I have to keep below 130 like I'd do it but I'd have to have a coach telling me to do it otherwise I'm just going to go out and run as far as I want to do at the pace I want to do but in terms of in terms of tech like for tr- for tracking wise if you want to have if you want to see how far you're going how fast you're doing it like an Apple watch is fine I have a Garmin. It's an old one. It's a Phoenix 5 Plus. It's a good one. Its battery life is incredibly long. And because I do ultras, like I don't need to worry about charging this every night like you do with an Apple Watch. But these are these are just good, good things to have. I've had a Whoop before. Truly nothing is going to give you your heart rate variability. Uh, you may, if you have an Aura Ring or a Whoop, you may see times like your heart rate variability is saying you're dead. It's because well, not actually dead, but close to that point. So you may be bugging out, but truthfully, if you want your heart rate variability, you have to get something like 15,000 data points a second. And these things can't do that on your wrist or on your, on your finger. Like you need to be, yeah. you need to be connected up. To, Electroded up. Yeah, exactly. That's how you're going to find your HRV. But these things are really useful cues, I find. So while, while they might, be not, might not be super accurate on certain things, they're really good cues because they're reminders like, with whoop as an example like what works for your recovery you might know that looking at a screen late at night and eating late is bad for your sleep but having a little reminder and having something actionable that shows you that may make you do that or read before bed or taking cbd helps you sleep when you do it like this trackable data is great but in terms of things that have helped as i said like if you if you're having pain like gait analysis is a great thing and i've used these things recently they're called nerve and they're insoles that you put in your trainer and they have they have like pressure points on it it connects to an app as well and it's like when you have gait analysis sometimes you just step on this little square disc so that's one that's one step where you might do it multiple times but this thing nerve carries data from every single step you take along the way of a run which i find really cool and if you can yeah, see my face awesome. right now it lights up <laughs> yeah you look excited I like, <laughs> I like i like stats and they're not everything but if you have an injury and you wanted gait analysis i think they're like 230 quid or something which is expensive right but if you had the money to spend and you could get that much data you know you can give that to your physio or your running coach and they can analyze the data and be like also within the app they have like this coaching stuff and They'll tell you tips on how to be better, but it'd be useful if you had a physio and you say like, oh, my back's killing me when I run. And they have all these data points, cadence, pronation, where your foot's landing, 
like your step length in ter- in relation to your elevation like it's really cool yeah. so how, that, how, do, how, how do you how do you spell that brand uh it's n-u-r-double-v okay cool we'll so link to it in the show notes yeah they're cool i like nerve and then other things just invest in a good pair of trainers like find something that work, that fits your feet not everyone's the same um but good like entry good entry level trainers aren't going to be like your nike's with the carbon footplate they look sick and they're fast but they're probably going to hurt your feet like there's the new Invinci- invincible which is probably my favorite shoe to come out in the last 2 years and that's over the is, that, is that the one we were talking about before the show yeah. The one that you've influenced me to buy. <laughs> yeah. That shoe is great. And so what, what it, was it? What was the full name of the shoe? It's the Nike. It's the Nike, Nike Zoom X Invincible. Okay. And sweet. it's like, it's Nike's shoe that's aimed at uh, reducing injuries. So okay. it's the most amount of Zoom X foam, which the Zoom X foams, I sound like a shoe expert now. <laughs> I like shoes. <laughs> the Zoom X foam is what's put into the, Kipchoge, I'll say that. Then maybe people know what that is this shoe, but this green shoe here. I don't, I don't know what that is. That's the Alpha Fly. That's the one that Kipchoge ran under two hours a marathon in. Okay, cool. So the sole on that is Zoom X, and it's it's very good. It it takes soaks up a lot of tension, and the Invincible has the most amount in it. It's right. it's kind of wide at the bottom, so it's aimed at injury reduction, and it's got a hell of a lot of miles in it. And for someone that has a high mileage, like it's my training shoe. I'm not going to go and do a fast 5K in it or a marathon, but like training runs. And if I do an ultra on the road, like that's going to be my shoe. So good pair of shoes. It's going to save my knees. That's uh, definitely an investment for me. I'll use that as an excuse as why I need more trainers to my wife anyway. Yeah, (laughs) any excuse. Love those. I mean, I don't have And they look sick as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they look good. Uh, And then the other thing is like percussive percussive technology so be that your hyper ice or theragun or i know there's a lot of other versions of it like i love those things when i did joggle i used i used one every six miles so that's how yeah. i split up my days i'd do six and i miles. mean i, I as, as i as i said to you before the uh, before the talk again you you influenced me to buy one of these theraguns um and i mean i i love it but i haven't done any research in how to use it correctly how do you how do you tend to use them for me i will use it normally before stretching like i like to wake up i don't do this every day so i don't think i'm like some zen monk that gets up and does the same thing every day like i have days off and i'm an idiot and sometimes i don't do anything so let's get out of there first but sometimes i'll wake up it's a good it's a good just a good general tool because it increases blood flow to the area so that's good for that's good for reducing inflammation. It's good for warming up. It's basically good for anything. So you can, I use it before stretching and then you can use it after stretching or before you go on a run, if you have a problem area or a place that's real tight, IT bands, whatever, you can use it for that. And it's just a good way of like loosening up the area. It's like getting a deep tissue massage, but you have it in your hand and you don't have to pay someone 40 quid an hour to do it. (laughs) So if you use it, then the investment's worth it. They are they're quite pricey i know they have different versions of it don't they that's like the pro is like four five hundred and then they've got some that are less but it does it kind of does the same thing i think the higher price point you get it's either going to be like a quieter one going to come with more attachments uh, or is going to be like slightly more powerful but 
yeah, they can do the same sort of thing. So yeah, I guess I could talk about more. I think that's enough. Yeah, yeah, no, that's those. Those are three great things for me to go and uh, blow some money on now. <laughs> um, so, um, I mean, we talked a bit about recovery there, but mm. let we let's talk a bit more about it because I know it's a, it's a big passion of yours and and sort of focusing on things to help with recovery. Let's talk a bit about cryotherapy. Is that something that you that you spent quite a lot of time doing? Is it something that you? That I you used break? to when the world was open. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Like I like I like the whole like Wim Hof breathing techniques. It's not like I do them that much, but like hot, cold shock therapy, um, I think is valuable. I've done all kinds of crazy shit in the past. Uh, there's a guy called Ben Greenfield who's like, I don't know, the Yoda of uh, recovery tech and trialing things. Um, so I get a lot of like ideas from him. But cryotherapy is something that's come up a lot. And when you see, I don't know, like the people that win the Super Bowl, like all these people are doing it every every week and it's improved their recovery like i'm interested so i can't speak too much on the science on cryotherapy i'm not going to try and spin any yarns about it uh i liked it when i did it and it's one of those things when you went when i went to it you were told like you need to do this a lot otherwise there's no point in coming and, and have you have you found that it's improved your recovery because i mean recovery you, recovery must be such a massive a massive thing for you though i mean with doing for example 55 miles a day like it was your routine just Theragun and yeah, CBD so, or, or what, so what, what was it all about? The terrible thing at the start, and this is going to be awful for you to hear because you're intelligent and you're a doctor, and it's also going to be terrible for anyone to hear that knows anything about coding. But I was taking that for the first nine days. This is actually how I found... Codeine? Yeah, this is how I found Pure Sport CBD, who I now have a very great relationship with and I work for. Um yeah, I was taking codeine and what is even worse from this story was it was prescribed to my mum. So I'm I'm on the I'm on the run and very naively you look at the outside of the packet, it says may cause drowsiness, and what that reads to my idiot brain at the time is I'm gonna be tired anyway. Like <laughs> it's just a painkiller. I'm gonna be in pain, I'm gonna be tired anyway. May cause drowsiness is not something I need to be concerned about. Boy, was I wrong. So yeah, it nearly derailed the whole challenge, to be honest. Um, I started off well and it got bad quickly. I had some days where the mileage might have been a bit more, but it was like 63, 55, 50, and then I think, or it might have even dropped down to 33, which my, was my worst day. I think that was day four. And then it went up a bit to like 42, but nothing near the mileage I needed to do, to do it in two weeks or even probably at that point, three weeks. Um, it totally clouded me. I mean, I listen to enough rap music, man. Like, I know the word codeine comes up a lot and they're talking about fucking mixing it with lemonade and getting high. And I was still like, nah, nah, bro, that's not that's not real. <laughs> and it was. I redefined runners high, basically, for myself. Um, I was hallucinating a lot. I totally lost who I was. Like, you'd say, like, I'm quite an, a nice, cheerful, happy person. For the most part, I am. During that challenge, obviously, it's... It's a different state of mind because you're, it's in like a pressure cooker the whole time. Like I'm on a deadline. I'm in extreme amount of pain. Like my fuse was short, which I've, I've apologized to Josh and Robbie probably a thousand times since. I think they've accepted it. But yeah, at times I just, I just wasn't myself and I was hallucinating. Like one night there was, I was on my own in the dark and 
there was this telephone box that looked like there was three of them and I was like looking at it and it looked like it was full of people like stuck up against the glass and people were moving and I was like what the hell is going on but still like walking on and I would try and I didn't sleep much for the first nine days like I'd go I was in a transit van my brother very passionately made me like a uh, what's it called like the frame for a bed so I put a a mattress in it. I had a single bed mattress, luxury, right? And um, I'd toss and turn all night because half half of it was because I was in so much pain I couldn't sleep. Like, you think the opposite's going to happen, right? You're like, wow, ran for 16, 18 hours today. Like, boy, I can't wait. sleep well tonight. <laughs> nah, you, your body's under, like your central nervous system is haywired because it's like, what's going on? What's going on? Please stop. But all your systems are firing, right? So I wasn't sleeping. Taking codeine was not helping at all i'd wake up in the morning or be robbie came in every morning hey bud got your muesli got your porridge i uh, got your coffee <laughs> he did that every morning and actually when i finished when we got down to land's end he obviously just when he slept he slept for like 12 hours so i went down to breakfast and i went up to his room opened the door because i had a key i was like hey bud got your muesli got your coffee <laughs> and at first he was like like scared because that's what he got woke up by every day on his transcon so yeah and then his off. but i digressed yeah i'd wake up in the morning and i'd either think that i did a good job or a bad job which for someone that wasn't moving any in any direction makes absolutely zero sense so terrible idea and one of my best friends plays played at bedford blues and his friend from the team a guy called grayson hart he started pure sport cbd and Dean, Dean, my best friend, he told him what I was doing. He was like, oh, maybe you can get him out some CBD like, to help him out. And he was like, yeah, sure. So they sent, they'd sent some up. I hadn't really taken it. And then on day nine, my brother was tasked with the role of telling me I couldn't take codeine anymore. And the funny thing was my initial reaction was like, huh, relax, mum, like calm down. She was always on the don't take anything unless you really need it. And you'll be lucky if you get like an ibuprofen and a paracetamol, which is now the way I am like I'm, I'm I'm I plug the natural route all day and I'm fit and healthy and happy basically most of the time so I've got to give credit to to that way of life but yeah took Coney uh took CBD sorry for the first time on that day nine and in in what in what format as a as an oil or as a yeah, so you take it sublingually. That's I think that was the only product they actually had at the time as well. They were they're relatively new. They've been going two years, so I was kind of very early. Um, and then the next morning, in the film that was made as well, it's really interesting. But so my fr- my brother's friends with Sir Alistair Cook, the cricket player, and as like a surprise, uh, he came up and ran a day with me, which was totally insane. Like you think someone of that calibre coming to run, and he did. He he ran an ultra marathon with me. But to come on with me is as professional. I was like, okay, thanks, first and foremost. But yeah, insane. So he woke me up and then the team came in to give me my muesli and coffee. And initially they were really worried. They were like, Will, you look really tired. And obviously I'd been having a bit of a rough time. They're like, do you want to like go back to sleep and have like the morning off and we'll crack on at noon? And I was like instantly like, like light bulb moment, like, like my eyes opened I'd been like in a fog the whole time before because I was taking the max, I think it was like eight tablets a day or something stupid. Then I just, I just came out and I was like, everything was like me again. 
and you can see the crew afterwards they have this they have this interview with the guy filming it it's like Robbie's like he was like all his inflammation out his knees and his ankles suddenly went away and then Josh is like dare I say he looks as good as he did on day one and that was the switch like I'm not saying if you take CBD and you've you have all these ailments it's like everything's disappearing and you're gonna all of a sudden be like superman you're not but like that combination of not taking codeine and then taking this especially in what i was doing you know the results are insane so i have i had such a profound experience and then from that point on i don't know what my average a day was but it was i haven't worked it out but obviously i started off well and it got progressively worse i was probably in like low 40s and then from day day 10 onwards i did 60 plus miles every day i did my best day i think it was day 12 i did 72 because i woke up at 2 a.m to do another 12 so yeah it was mad it was total madness but like i still there is there's still these things that happen because i take it and there's new products that help but yeah i had such a personal experience with it that yeah it, it totally changed that it saved the challenge i'd go as far to say that and i wouldn't i wouldn't say that for any i said it when when it happened at the time like before there was any kind of real relationship. So, yeah, crazy. CBD for the win. And so how, how do you use it now as part of your routine? Because obviously they've got quite a few more products now. I know they've got some sort of like um, things that you rub into the muscles directly and that sort of stuff. So what, what, what are your sort of non-negotiable bits that you use on a regular basis now? The interesting thing about the cannabinoid system is it's all over your body. It's in your nervous system there's there's points all over your body that have it so it's not just within your brain that you have it so cbd receptors react when you take cbd either orally or if it's a topical and can go break through the barrier of skin so the the muscle and joint balm is something that i've really loved that's like my other one that if i had to choose two and two only the oil would always be number one but the muscle and joint balm is is crazy good like on the 12 marathons of christmas i i'm, I'm i'll admit i found it kind of easy <laughs> i pb <laughs> pb my marathon on the 12th day on the final day on christmas day i did a pb and it had the most elevation yeah. in it, which doesn't make much sense but i genuinely think it's a combination of these products and that one is something that gives instant relief to an area of like pain or inflammation and then sustains it and there's interesting things that you can do with it like i was infusing it into my bath so you have all these receptors over your body so obviously taking it orally it gets into your system especially in the glands sublingually is a great way of taking it um but you can take it topically as well and then it's like localized pain yeah so my dad is an old school there's no school like the old school and he's the fucking headmaster kind of guy. So a non-believer in most things. Um, and he knew I was doing the CBD thing. Had a golf game, an important one coming up. I was like, look, just take, just what's the worst that can happen? He's kind of old school. There's this, there's this thought for a lot of people, and I totally understand this, by the way, because it's derived from the hemp plant. There's like, it's weed. The hemp plant is amazing, by the way, the whole thing. But for athletes and for everyone else, and and it's it's not for everyone, but CBD with no THC is just an incredible thing. It's like it's like taking turmeric or ginger or whatever. It's like an ancient medicinal thing that's test that's stood the test of time. I'm a huge believer in it, and it can help so many different things. Anyway, he starts taking the oil. 
everything's great, whatever. And then the night before I do a massage with the balm on his back, he gets up. I'm like, how are you feeling? He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm not bad actually. It's all right. Like loosened him up. So that could be me massaging him, whatever. Next morning he wakes up. I'm like, let's do it again. So give him a massage, gets up again. I'm like, how are you dad? He's like, so I'm not being funny, but he was like, I feel like my back's all right. <laughs> and then he goes to golf, he gets back. I'm like, dad, how'd you get on? And he was like, oh shit. And I was like, oh no, did your back flare up again? He was like, no, my back was absolutely fine. <laughs> Just my golf was shit. So it's like, if he, if he took it, if he used it and believed in it, then basically anyone can. Okay, so we, we've talked a lot about recovery, um, the tech you're using, how you're implementing CPD into your recovery. One thing that we haven't talked about so far is is another thing that most people would view as being a key part of, uh, of fitness, and and I guess would drive that recovery and would drive your performance, which is which is nutrition. What, do you have any key rules around nutrition? Things that that work for you really well, things that don't work for you. Any key principles there? For me and what I do, like I'll say off the bat, I'm, I, eat ev- I, I eat everything. I'm not saying I'm pescatarian, plant-based, vegan, whatever. But when I do these endurance challenges or I'm in a, like, a heavy training block, being plant-based helps me massively like with energy levels, with recovery. Really? Robbie ran across America for plant-based advocacy. So... When he was coming on board, he just he advised me basically. He wasn't he wasn't one of these pushy vegans. I don't think being pushy in anything is good. I don't think saying everything this works for everyone is a good thing, other than maybe water or oxygen, right? <laughs> so, so he was like, I I did it this way. Meat and dairy is an inflammatory, which I knew anyway. He was like, I don't care if you don't eat if you eat a steak like. A few days before you start and the first thing you do after crossing the line is eat fish and chips whatever he's like i don't care but consider it because like just he's like just try it for a week say how you feel and i felt like my energy levels were far more sustained um i feel like i perform better a lot of the times when I do my best like trainings or or races is when i've had a period of being vegan or plant-based so that's one thing for me that works but I'm such like a foodie and I love pe- people and culture that I'm, I'm not I'd never say never but I'm not sure that I would adopt that full-time just because I'll give you an example like if you invited me around for dinner and you'd made a roast or anything basically if you made anything because you- are you asking for an invite maybe maybe yeah. <laughs> this, is how I get, this is how I get them. I tell that story yeah, yeah. and then just wait. You yeah. ask them in public. <laughs> I just wait by the phone for the text message or the letter to the door that says you were cordially invited to Dr. Simon Chard's abode for dinner this coming Sunday. I assume that's how you send them. That's how I invite all my guests, yeah. In the West Wing, we'll be eating. But yeah, like I, if someone cooks for me, like I think that's I think that's like showing love. So there's there's no way that like if you made that roast dinner and I came around, I'm not going to be like, oh, sorry, I'm only eating vegan tonight. Dance, but if yeah. you knew, if you knew me and like you catered to that because you knew I had a race coming up and I've told you, then that's fine. But I don't like people going out of their way 
to to do that for me when I don't think I don't think it's warranted. Like doing it doing it once isn't going to change anything, and I'm probably not going to come around for dinner when I'm in a five day ultra race. So pretty safe. Yeah. You're welcome Thank to you. that. <laughs> what um what what sort of I mean you say plant based? I I've tried to go fully vegan. Well, I tried to go partially vegan mm. before, and really struggle with eating whole foods and not just resorting back to falafel mm, and, well and beans. Falafel does get yeah. pretty, oh, it's delicious, yeah. but it does get boring. Are there, are there any, what, what are your sort of staple plant-based meals that, that do the job for you that give you the energy you need for these sort of races? Well, I even got bored of avocado toast, put it that way. I didn't think that was possible. Wow. <laughs> not possible. No, it, is. Yeah. it really is. I got bored of it. Um, avocado toast is a great one. Um, I, I like cooking in general, so I kind of like the cha- I like the challenge of coming up with things that are plant based. So, like an easy go to for me is a vegan chili. Like all you have to do is put some more veg in it, or put sweet potato in and take out the mince. That's the only thing you have to substitute. And if you cook it for long enough, like you do with the meat, you probably won't tell the difference. It's it's banging. Another great one: mushroom tacos. Get a load of get a load of exotic mushrooms if you can, or just chestnuts, whatever. Chop them up real small. Dash over a load of like Mexican herbs as you would. Leave them in the oven for like twenty minutes at one eighty till they've melted down, and then like just flex on the toppings. So make sure you get like avocado, you get refried beans, you get coriander, you get hot sauce, and like there, it's so adaptable. You can make some real delicious stuff and. Yeah, in terms of like the go-tos, nothing's nothing for me is a is maybe a given. Um, when I do ultra races, gels are useful, but not something I use too much. I like eating food, so I'd like to keep it as whole and as real as normal. And hey, you can't beat a peanut butter sandwich, basically. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. Uh, what's your peanut butter of choice, Alan? Skippy X Country. Sorry for the people. Oh, come on, mate. No, not I'm skippy. so sorry the about the palm oil. oil. I'm really sorry. There are just <laughs> some things in my life that I require, and I'll offset that carbon emission and probably, <laughs> hopefully, not awful practices elsewhere. But yeah, Skippy X Country, dude. Whew. I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting. Well, that. if you want to know my favourite hot sauce, so it's Cholula. Cholula is a really good one, and Louisiana. That's the one, like, if you go Shake Shack, they have it in there. Oh. Okay. I'm an Encona man myself, so I'll have to try those Yeah, Cholula out. is the one. You can get that in, like, Tesco and Waitrose, whatever. How do you spell that? C-H-O-L-U-L-A. So it's also, it's, it's hot, but it's not like, it's not like Tabasco. You know, you put a couple bits on it, like it's flavorful, it's smoky. And I'm glad we've come to this point in the chat. Like, I've got, I've got... I'm, 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 I'm very interested in, in your hot sauce collection. I'm sure the listeners are as well. I mean, it's a, I, I love a, I love a bit of hot sauce. I think it makes it makes the meal, especially if you're going vegan and you want to really pack. A yeah, punch the maddest thing as well. Dad made a vegan chili. It's downstairs. Like that's how much of a, an effect it had. Like me doing that. Like again, I say the old school guy. He's started making like vegan food. I'm like, and even though he's not and I'm not currently, he'll do it. And I'm like, that's that's pretty cool. Like even just like these little ch- these little changes, it's like th- one of the best things about being plant based, other than how it increased my athletic performance, is like it's nice at the end of the day to know that nothing's died for you to eat it, or 
like your carbon footprint slightly less or there's been less water used or whatever so there's yeah i think just if everyone does a little bit then like the, the amount it helps just the planet in general is insane so yeah that's why that's why we call the podcast one small change <laughs> um nice okay cool let's 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 finish up with a bit of rapid fire um and um and then we'll we'll wrap up the chat so I'll just go through these really quickly. You can answer them in as many words as you want to. Feel free to go into detail. Um, but I just feel they give they give quite a lot of value. So do you have a current favorite podcast? I've got a few. Far away. I, re- I really like Modern Wisdom. That's with Chris Williamson. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like The Power Hour with Adrian London. And obviously you can say Joe Rogan for entertainment stuff, but like I referenced him earlier, Ben Greenfield, if you want to like, if you want to know, like he's right. I'm going to say this, he's a loser. And I mean that as the biggest compliment you can imagine. <laughs> that just means he's so tuned into what he's doing. Yeah. He knows everything about anything like nutrition, recovery, working out. So he's like, he's like my go-to that gets me you excited. You trust what he says in essence. A oh, hundred, like, yeah, a hundred percent. I'll yeah, check he's, him out for sure. That sounds right on my street. Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast or something, I don't know. And he's got one of those intros is like, welcome to the Ben Greenfield Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say it. It's like, you know those you know those dudes, like I like Lord of the Rings, but that kind of guy that just knows a lot of stuff, I think he's so cool. But like the loser thing, don't take that as a, like a disservice. It's a bad That's, thing, yeah. It's, it's a compliment in a, in a strange way. It's like saying something <laughs> sick. <laughs> 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 Okay, nice. Um, do you have a favourite quote that you uh, that you tend to fall back on in life? Uh, I like if you if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it's kind I think, of. I think more pe- more people in the world need to need to listen to that quote. Yeah, like for me, commu- community is everything. I went from like being the lonely runner, like doing everything on my own, like sorting out my own problems, and then like knowing there's a community there like that's sometimes the first step that people need to do something new like know there's people there that you can share it with yeah so, absolutely yeah i'm all about like collaborating i'm all about being open it's a cool thing about the running community as well it's like people want to share things there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of parts of the world that are shut off and like won't tell you their secrets won't tell you doing but like the whole especially in ultra running it's like people want to help you because we need help. We all need like help. Shared pain, right? <laughs> shared pain. So yeah. Okay. That's nice. Um, what, what are you most grateful for right now? Oh, uh, it's probably, probably still been, uh, my, my family are close. So I still get to see them. Like I can go around to my grandma's for coffee through the window club. I call it still <laughs> see my grandpa. So we have yeah. a small family, but they're all close. So I'm hugely grateful for that. And just being able to get outside still. Like I've, I remember during the first lockdown thinking how awful it would be if you were like in an apartment block and you like, you couldn't, you weren't allowed to go outside. Like it's insane. So yeah. yeah difficult, difficult, certainly. Now you mentioned before that you're a bit of a foodie. Uh, if mm. I had to challenge you to your favorite meal, would you be able to decide on that easily? A peanut butter sandwich, is it? Or Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Ah. <laughs> uh. Depends what mood I'm in, but I mean, you can't, I think one thing I really, really appreciate is being by the sea and eating some seafood for me. There's an immense amount of pleasure in that, like, or just 
being somewhere where something has been produced. So, yeah. Yeah, some kind of fresh seafood by the sea. Yeah. Take I'm, I'm, I mean, I literally, I'm imagining myself on the Amalfi Coast right now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And then finally, a bit of a lateral one, but do you have a favourite character in a movie or TV show? Yeah, I do. Absolutely, it's an easy one. Ari Gold from um, Entourage. Classic. Great you character. seen Entourage? Yeah, I love Entourage. Oh seen every God. episode, watched the movie. The movie was yeah. awful, but great. the, the, uh, the series is hilarious. great. <laughs> I just love that guy. So yeah, easy one for me. <laughs> Brilliant, love it. Okay, and finally, the question that I asked to all of the guests on the show, what's the one small change that you've made in your life that you wish you made earlier? Ooh, big one. One small change. I think presence is a huge thing. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's something that I do practice often, but more recently, like I think we spend a lot of our times either looking back at what we like what we were what we were doing if we were happy and you have like a skewed view like you might think you're in better shape like three months ago and then you might be like ah oh, if i if i change what i'm doing now i'm going to be this in this amount of time but there's an amount immense amount of pleasure if you can figure out how to be present in things and they can be little things even like i don't know brushing your teeth sometimes it's not like it's going to be enjoyable i don't i actually don't know why i said that but it, it makes sense it makes sense as a dentist yeah but like <laughs> but you can take small amounts of pleasure out of everything if you're present in the moment doing it and you can appreciate it like you saw how my teeth were before i saw you well when i first came to you horrendous yeah. gum disease the lot and <laughs> Like I'm the most, like I've gone completely the other way where I'm flossing, I'm using TPs every day. But if I'm present in that moment, I'm, I will associate that with my gum, my mouth health is going to be better. My breath, my breath is going to be fresh. And it's just like, yeah, being, being present and having fresh breath. <laughs> there we go. Being present with fresh breath. That's my one. Those are the small changes you wish you made earlier. Okay. I'm glad yeah. I'm glad we went full circle with your smile and then came back to the teeth at the end. It's just so go. on brand for me. Yeah, you did it. You nailed it. Brilliant. All right, mate. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really enjoyed the chat. Uh, you've definitely inspired me to um to get my running shoes back on. I admittedly have got far too into my peloton over the last few months and uh my running shoes have have stayed firmly in the cupboard so um, i do like the bike though yeah it is it good. is it is it's good i know you don't doesn't have to be running as long as you're moving or doing something that's like capturing your imagination i always say like if you if you don't like doing fitness things then if you find something artistic that like transcends you into something that makes you better then choose that yeah like not so you don't have to run you don't have to run ultras to be happy. <laughs> I probably won't start on that, but I do. I would love to set myself the challenge of doing a marathon one day. I'm down for training you or doing it with you if you wanted to. By the way, legend. That'd be awesome. Okay, challenge, challenge accepted. I've just I've just uh, agreed to that on. I like on my, own, on my like, own podcast. <laughs> yeah, and you said it out loud. Shit, you can't. Out, no, I've definitely got to do it. As well. I'm going to call you out if you cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be inundated <laughs> yeah all right I'll, I'll agree to it nice brilliant all right well thanks for your time mate catch you next time thank you dr simon appreciate it bye mate hi guys simon again here just one more thing before you guys go 
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really hope it gave you an immense amount of value. If I could ask just one thing of you all, please subscribe to the podcast. Please share it. Please write a review if you enjoyed it. Please talk to your friends about it. The bigger the podcast gets, the better the guests I can get on and the more value I can give back to you all. So that's it from me. I'll see you on the next one. And until next time, enjoy the ride.